Hello, and welcome to the Floating Blue Podcast, the official podcast of the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation. My name's Ben Royal, and I'm excited to be hosting the first ever series of the Floating Blue Podcast, in which we'll be bringing you up to date on the biggest news stories and catching up with the biggest names in the ball hockey world. The Floating Blue Podcast is an ISBHF production, hosted by myself, Ben Royal, produced by Sambrook Wilkinson, and overseen by the ISBHF secretary, David Tor. All opinions shared on the Floating Blue podcast are those of the individual that shares them, and not of the ISPHF. So without further ado, welcome to the Floating Blue. The 2022 ISBHF World Championships are set to be played at Place Bell, Laval, between Tuesday the 21st and Monday the 27th of June. The men's Pool A consists of two groups of five teams. One group consists of Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Italy, Great Britain and Haiti, while the other contains Canada, the USA, Finland, Greece and Armenia. The women's competition contains Canada, the USA, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Great Britain and new additions, Lebanon. And the men's Pool B competition features the Cayman Islands, Hong Kong, France, Morocco, Lebanon, Pakistan and Bermuda. This gives us a total of 23 teams who will be competing in 69 games, culminating in the women's final at 2.30pm, the Pool B men's final at 5.30pm and the Pool A final at 8.30pm on Monday, June the 27th. Tickets for the championships can be purchased now via Event and Roll, the link to which is pinned to the top of the ISBHF's Facebook profile. If you'd like to keep up with the latest news ahead of and during the 2022 World Championships, be sure to head over to our Facebook page, ISBHF International Street and Ball Hockey Federation, and our Instagram, ISBHF. Hello and welcome back to the ISBHF Floating Blue podcast. We're just over a week away from the 2022 World Championships, sponsored by Napa. So who better for me to speak to than the president of the ISBHF himself, George Gortzos. George it's been a while. How are you? You excited, Ben? You ready to go? It's almost yeah. showtime. You're going to be on the floor soon playing against the best players in the world. How do you feel, yeah. Ben? Oh, amazing. Yeah, it feels really real now. And uh, it, it's just another great opportunity that ball hockey provides that other sports can't really provide. Well, remember, part of why we do what we do at the ISBHF is to provide great uh, competition. And to also uh, get the players from around the world to appreciate, uh, you know, the different ball hockey, uh, you know, environments of the world. And also to get an education about the country you're visiting. And you will yeah. be visiting the country I am proud to have been born in. And I love Canada and a real great place there in Quebec and, uh, you know, Laval, which is attached to Montreal. So you're going to see uh, great uh, history and uh, yeah, that's definitely. part of your growth, man. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy it. Laval Centropolis is beautiful. A lot of great restaurants. And you, then you could take a drive to go see, uh, you know, uh, the Bell Center uh, or go down the, you know, uh, old Montreal, which has a European feel and just a great culture. And uh, I'm very proud that all the 
players of around the world are going to get to experience it. And that's what we do, competition and growth. Yeah, I th- yeah, that's a brilliant way of putting it. And that almost brings us on really naturally to the first question, which is uh, what have the last few months been like for you in the run-up? How busy has it been? What's, what have been the key things that have stood out in the organisation process? Ah, geez. Uh, it's been um, in the back of my mind through this whole thing. I've been thinking about the, the, the female and male players and how much it's been so long since they played, but I've been really, um, uh, you know, fortunate to have uh, David and LEO and the RICs and the ISBHF staff working hard with the organizing committee um, to, to, to deal with the challenges, you know, costs have gone up COVID um, challenges with government, um, you know, and then we have Napper who's uh, come in and, you know, um, this company really loves the sport and um, you know, uh, um, it's been a challenge, but we are getting there step-by-step step. and you know, what drives me at the end of the day is the fact that I just want to see the players play I remember as a player how much I appreciated playing against the other players of the world. And, you know, geez, I, I want to see that for, for yeah. all the females and the males uh, this tournament. Um, it's been a long time and I can't wait to see them. And for me, it'll be a, uh, a beautiful uh, uh, going away last world championship. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, again, that brings on to the next question. Like, this is your last championship as president has it been unique sort of organizing this tournament compared to the others or is it just in the back of your mind no it is it's it's been nothing about this tournament has been um like any other because we haven't faced uh, these worldwide challenges uh so it, yeah, it, it hasn't been easy on the organizing committee, uh, on the ISBHF, on our, you know, I got to thank our national federations for uh, staying in there. And we, we always as a family thought about, hey, man, we got to get the players playing. So it's been a real kind of uh, a family uh, kind of like thought process where we've uh, taken on all the challenges and, uh, you know, there's still a few more for us to deal with as we're working hard towards the tournament, but we're getting there. And you, you know what? At the end of the day, when I, you know, I see you playing Ben, I'm going to be happy along with all the other players. And that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, for me, I haven't had much time to think about this being my last one. I think uh, what I warn the players about is I'm probably going to be a little bit more emotional in that I'll be coming up to a lot of them and thanking them for what they do and wishing them, uh, you know, all the best because, uh, you know, I've been pretty privileged to, 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 to see all of you all these years. And, you know, I'm, I'm going into my, uh, you know, Geritol years now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you use the word privilege there and it is, it's a privilege for every single player to be able to go and represent their country. And you've played a massive part in that for a lot of people. So I'm sure that the feelings you'll be expressing towards players that you speak to will be reciprocated and everyone feels the same about you. Well, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I think I will think about those things once a ball gets dropped and where everything is, is going well. All I can tell you right now is the ISBHF staff 
uh, you know, uh, Ben, you just had a meeting with our sponsor, Napper, to yeah, talk yeah. about, uh, you know, strategic things. And, you know, the organizing committee is meeting, the ISBHF is meeting, technical meetings, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're talking to the teams about, you know, everything that we can do, we're doing to prepare to make this tournament a success. And it's really been a... Um, you know, uh, all of us putting our love, love, heart and soul into it to make it work. So uh, we're, we're hoping that, uh, you know, everything is going to work out just fine and the games are going to be great. Um, there's a great multicultural uh, feel that may yeah. uh, come to the, this tournament as Laval is very multicultural. And we may see crowds that we've never uh, scene, you know, that are not uh, uh, pro uh, uh, Canada. They may be pro Armenia, pro Lebanon, pro Greece, yeah, yeah. pro Haiti, uh, you know, etc. You know, um, pro Italy, um, and that's going to be a unique feel. So it's almost like we're going to have five different home countries in one. But that's the beauty of Canada too. Yeah, that's a, a great way of looking at it. And so, if we were to jump straight into the action of which there's obviously going to be a lot over the course of a week. Uh, day one, 12 games, two of which, sort of the games of the day, the centrepiece games, are two Canada versus US matchups. Obviously, the women's game at 5pm is a rematch of the 2019 gold medal game. What a way to start the tournament. Well, okay, you, you know, what do we call those in the UK, a derby? And yeah, uh, you yeah, know what, like, yeah, local uh, way to start the start the tournament. Yeah, there you go. And uh, uh, you know, um, uh, the U.S. has really been uh, on the precipice of uh, golden excellence for a while, and they haven't uh, cracked that yet. But uh, you know, they're right there. The Canadian girls have been fantastic. What a great way to start! And then you got uh, uh, Canada, USA men. Uh, you know, for for fans of ball hockey. Uh, that really will be quite a, uh, you know, um, great start. And, uh, you know, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, one game that I think I'm going to be very interested to see uh, would be the arrival of Morocco to the ISBHF uh, yeah, tournament absolutely. stage. And, you know, um, uh, what, a, what an organization uh, this is. They will be, and I know them personally. I, I think they're great people. They will be the, the, the hub of uh, our growth in Africa. And they have quite a substantial amount of players playing ball hockey in Morocco. And this will be their first tournament. So that is going to be a big game for me. Uh, yeah, personally, definitely. Uh, to see them come and, come and play in the ring. Yeah, and I think... So having a uh, an organization that's based in Africa is such a step forward for ball hockey in general. And we spoke about it before when you were on the podcast, but Morocco now being able to showcase their national team on the international platform is massive for them and it's massive for the sport in general. Uh, so just so that everyone knows, Morocco's first game on Tuesday, the 21st of June is at 5 p.m. local time. Uh, on the second rink. So it is at the same time as uh, Canada-US women, uh, and I'm sure they'll both be great games. So if people spend mo bo both games sort of running between the two rinks, we won't be surprised. Well, and you know, that's the beauty of the setup in Place Bell. You could go watch a period here and watch a period there. 
personally, I'm really looking forward, and I love the uniforms of all our nations. I'm looking forward to see uh, the Moroccan family uh, uh, bring out their best uh, uniform and their colors. And uh, uh, boy, oh boy, that'll be a great moment for uh, the ISBHF. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then following on from the Canada-US men's game, We've got the four-time reigning world champions kicking off their defence. So Slovakia will be facing off against Great Britain. How do you expect Slovakia to begin their run for a fifth successive gold? Well, uh, how do you expect? You're playing for the UK, Ben. What's your thoughts before I add mine? Uh, well, you know, it might sound weird. You know what to expect when you play in Slovakia. They're very organised. They're all very skilled. They're all very fit. There, there's a reason they've won four world championships in a row. Um, and I think if they can start the start their defensive campaign with a statement in Canada on day one, then it will mean a lot to them. So if we can do, from a player's perspective, if we can do anything to sort of slow that down and uh, make sure that we're sort of respected on the Paul A stage, then that's all we can do. Well, you know, they're very well coached and they're very well prepared. And, you know, uh, for a young ball hockey player, uh, you know, go watch um, uh, an internet game from Slovakia or the Czech Republic or, you know, or even yeah, yeah. Uh, Switzerland, who's sadly not there. But look at how hard these players play against each yeah. other. It reminds me of how it used to be in Canada when the top teams played against each other. And that's really the way you improve as a player uh not in the games you win 10 nothing but in the games you gotta you gotta dig down and you gotta play hard and it's one game after the other and you're playing against strong competition and it's physically demanding and that's where you start to get tired and you got to make sure you don't make mental mistakes and this is where the Slovak and Czech players specifically in this tournament because their division their top divisions are so good these players come in and they are trained to a nice edge of excellence because yeah, of that yeah. and it's an advantage um you know uh, i don't know too many nations i think the americans are trying to uh, have that with their national ball hockey yeah. league and i think they will get there and are getting there but um from a men's perspective um, and Slovakia is trying to break uh, Canada's record of four goals in a row. Um, you know, I think that's where they have an advantage right now with their leagues at home. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. you know, you just look at you just look at you just look at world soccer. Uh, the teams that dominate play in the best leagues. Why? Why would ball hockey be any different? Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. Uh, and then also earlier on, on day one, we we see the return of Finland, who obviously won silver in 2019. They kick off their campaign at 12.20 against Armenia. It, it sort of goes without saying, and we have spoken about it before, but the Finnish programme has grown rapidly in the last few years. Would you like to well, comment on, on that? And sort of? Yeah, I would. I think yeah. they're run by great people. And I think they are striving to get to that point we're talking about like the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And uh, I think if you watch their 
national championships, you'll see that same amount of uh, competitiveness. I see the Finns as a real harbinger of uh, another excellent um, national program that in the next 10 years will uh, be heard from. And I wouldn't be surprised also if we start seeing the Finnish girls at some point and Finnish junior teams. That's how well this organization's run. And, uh, you know, um, I think they're a team to be, uh, uh, you know, considered as a gold medal, uh, you know, uh, you know, a team that has its sights set on gold. Why wouldn't you? They play great in Coast CJ. So, um, you know, uh, I, I got some players I enjoy watching on Finland. That's for sure. Great yeah, team absolutely. to watch for fans. Yeah, and I think to for them to go to Kusiche and to for it ultimately to come down to quite a close game in front of a Slovakian crowd, losing to Slovakia, who have won at the time the previous three World Championships, they will take a lot away from that. And following them on social media and stuff, their preparations have been second to none so far. So I'm sure that they will they will be sort of fixing their sights firmly on that gold medal game. Well, they've the you can see on their Facebook post they've uh, been doing their training and they're going to come ready to go. But you know, I gotta say one of the things I'll always remember is uh, after that game, uh, the nine ten thousand uh, fans from Slovakia chanting uh, the Finnish national team's name to be on the floor and to feel that kind of emotion and looking at the Finnish players and what that meant to them. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest moments in ISBHF history, quite frankly. And I was glad I was there. What a, like it just sent chills down me. I'll never forget that. And if anybody wants to see it, that's on YouTube. Yeah. Even watching it on YouTube uh, makes you feel the emotion of our sports. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game and it really sort of confirmed to me what ball hockey can be and the potential that it has to continue growing. Uh, and that it was a great experience to watch from the stands, let alone be on the court at the end of the game. So I can only imagine. So moving swiftly on to Pool B, what are your thoughts in terms of the Cayman Islands starting their defence back in Pool B, certain nations making a step up to Pool A, who we tend to associate with Pool B? How do you see that panning out? Well, if we start with uh, the A pool, unfortunately, we lost a key key member, Switzerland, uh, which is being like, a, you know, a, a foundational piece. And we're really sad they're not here and we're hoping and we're, we're we know they'll be back. Uh, so that caused some uh, we, we we had to we had to kind of like, uh, uh, you know, go to our national federations and ask who who wanted to take on the challenge. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, Haiti and UK started in the A pool uh, in Kosice. So, yeah, if Switzerland was there, uh, we would have left it alone and started as we did. Uh, however, uh, with Switzerland leaving, uh, we had to. Uh, go to our national federations and Armenia stepped up. They're going to be a lot stronger than they were in Kosice because a lot of their players who have passports and heritage standing are from Montreal. So uh, they're going to be fully fortified and ready to play a different 
style of game than they had to in Kosice when they were a little bit shorthanded. And I, I think they're going to, uh, they're very proud and they're going to have a crowd behind them and they're going to do their best in the B pool. You know, we have the return of France, which has a, a, a good percentage of its players coming from, uh, uh, you know, the France ball hockey uh, federation. And uh, we're hoping to, that they also become an important integral a member and it could have good um, ramifications on the UK based on how close you are. Um, uh, you know, we have Pakistan coming back. We talked about Morocco, but specifically uh, Cayman Islands and Bermuda, you have to realize through COVID, these particular federations had to deal with the fact that a lot of their players that uh, come to work there uh, weren't able to come to work there. So uh, they've just been kind of struggling to get by and gladly they have. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think for those um, associations, I think coming to this tournament is a, a victory over the long haul where, you know, uh, uh, you know, players weren't able to cohabitate, uh, and, you know, and come work there. Um, and so the B pool, I think, is going to be very interesting because we have seven really uh, good teams there and they're very closely matched. And every game there is going to be big because the top two will um, make it to uh, the B uh, semifinals and uh, play the bottom two coming from the A pool. So, yeah, every game is going to be big in the B pool. Yeah, and it's a really busy schedule. We were talking about before. Uh, before, like sort of off record it's what is it six games in five days for the pool b teams in the yeah group stage? yeah and you know uh, i have to tip my hat to david and elio and working with the organizing committee we had to take a look and watch it was like a puzzle you know you have to watch rest for teams we had to to take a look at every team to make sure that we were not uh, you know, look, uh, usually the tournament is nine days long. We could have done a few more things, but everybody has to remember that this tournament's being condensed from nine to seven. So it really kind of, uh, you know, the feel for the players is going to be uh, different. You know, usually we don't ask teams to play two games in a day, but there's going to be some scenarios where they will have to. And that's just because of the, the length of the tournament. And uh, also, we're at 23 national teams. In Kosice, we were 21. So, you know, we're, we're, we're up. You know, if, if um, Switzerland was here, we would have been at 24. Um, you know, so, like I said, it's a very, like you said, Ben, it's a very tight schedule. Which also just makes it more exciting for the fans to be able to come and watch. Like 12 games a day during the group stage, that is especially if you're looking at buying tickets, if you're in the local area, that is value for money, if ever you saw it. Well, and, and you know, uh, I'm also excited about the women's division. You know, we got six teams. We have yes, Lebanon absolutely. coming in. The Lebanon girls will historically play their first game in the, in the ISBHF. And these are girls who are part of the uh, Lebanese IHF program. So, uh, you know, um, there's going to be some history in the, in the girls side of things. And, uh, you know, uh, you have your usual big four there, but, you know, as you know, as well as I do, uh, the UK is coming and uh, you can Absolutely. see it in Kosice. Uh, 
you know, you had uh, Samantha being a world all-star in that there. And, uh, you know, um, you got Stephanie Towns and you got yeah, some yeah. really good players and you're coming. And not only that, I think ball hockey in the UK is making a difference also with the IHF uh, UK because um, there's a correlation there, Ben, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what ball hockey does. Yeah, like we, we've spoken about before and like ball hockey, you can market it as a more accessible version of ice hockey. Um, and there's there's pockets of ice hockey being quite big in the UK in terms of Nottingham, Sheffield, uh, Belfast, Cardiff, places like that. And they sort of correlate with pockets of ball hockey being quite big. And right. it, it is true that if if GB can perform on the international stage in ice hockey and there's sort of homegrown players coming through as part of that programme, of which there's quite a few. Uh, so, like for example, Cade Nielsen, uh, who sort of grew up in Nottingham, started to play in Nottingham, which is where I'm from. I actually went to school with him for a bit. Uh, he now plays, he's just played in the NAHL uh, in America, but he played for GB in the IHF World Championships. And he is like literally, he's from like round the corner and he did learn to play ice hockey in the UK. He does have a family background from Canada in ice hockey, um, but he's, he would identify as someone that's from Nottingham and he's representing GB on that international scale and ball hockey is probably going to benefit from things like that as well. Well, and, you know, you look at the, some of the women we've had played that have gone on to uh, the Olympics. And, you know, the Czech national team uh, is coached by Carl uh, Manhart, who coached uh, the Czech girls in the Olympics and has some players that have played in the Olympics. You know, this is where ball hockey makes the difference. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to the women's division. There's six teams there. And uh, as a, if I was a coach there, it'd be a real challenging tournament to try and uh, uh, get through to win gold. So, you know, they're going to play everybody and then they're going to have their, uh, you know, semifinals and, uh, you know, fifth place game. And, uh, you know, every game, just like the B pool is going to be huge in the women's and I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And ju just quickly on the on the note of coaches uh, in the women's division, we've got pro one of the better characters in the ball hockey world in Ali Cree behind the behind the bench for the GB women. Oh well, that's uh, that's going to be something to watch. Uh, and you know how I feel about Alistair Cree. Uh, so uh, you know what, the guy loves the sport, and uh, he he um, has been one of the key leaders and one of the most fun tournaments I ever was a part of was uh, in Sheffield. And uh, I have oh, fond yeah. memories. I have fond yeah, memories yeah. of that, that tournament. Was brilliant. So, uh, you know, um, I'm glad to see Alistair, uh, you know, and Thomas Merriman and all the people that are involved there. Uh, you know, I, I think the UK girls are, um, if I was to put a percentage on, on national teams improvement, from year to year, they'd have to be near the top of the deck. Yeah, that's very true. We, we've we done as much as we can to give an overview and a, a wide look preview of the championships. We've got 12 days until the tournament starts now at the time of, of recording. How does it feel? What are your main hopes for it? And if you can hope for what, if you, 
if there's one thing that you want players to take away from the tournament, what would it be? Oh, wow. I look, the reason, the, the reason why I've always been motivated to do what I do is I just want them to enjoy playing and representing their national team sweaters and, you know, to enjoy the fact of, of the kaleidoscope of different nationalities that we have and uh, enjoy the competition um, respect your, 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 your opposition, because that's who pushes you to be the best. Once the game's over, shake hands or, you know, punch gloves. I don't know what we're going to do, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, enjoy the experience. Right. And, um, for me, uh, I'm going to enjoy every day because it's going to be like, I'm in, I'm going into a vortex, uh, uh you know, the, the next 12 days, we still have a ton of meetings, a ton of things to, to, to iron out and make sure we're at the best we can for the players. But once I get there, uh, you know, uh, I kind of uh, step back and let David and Elio run things, but I know I'm on a countdown and I'm going to enjoy every day and, uh, you know, seeing all the great people. And I look forward to seeing them all and you, Ben, and yeah. watching you play. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I can't wait. And I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for what you're doing, Ben. Oh, no, it, the pleasure's all mine. Uh, and especially from having played in four, well, three World Juniors and one Men's World Championships before, now being on, I'm still playing, but being on the flip side as well and getting an insight into the work that goes into it and people like David Tor that you don't notice, really. no. From a player's no. perspective, you you would never notice the work that David and people put in, uh, and it, it's honestly amazing. And they are the people I, I, that that I keep the ball you, rolling. I can tell you since January, without a word of a lie, um, for this particular event, and not including our board meetings, uh, which we have monthly, I, I I know we've easily had somewhere between eighty to hundred meetings, and that's just to 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 get to where we are and it's been a long process not not to even consider all the phone calls and you know uh, keeping our national federations uh you know in the know um but hey we're here 12 days before i wish everybody a safe trip traveling and um you know uh uh hopefully uh, there will be i'm sure just like travel and i being on the side of uh you know coaching and playing there's always hiccups yeah. hopefully we're going to we're going to work through them and we're going to handle them as a group and uh the big thing is is being there for the ball drop of those games that you were talking about on tuesday so uh yeah, i wish absolutely. all the players safe travels look forward to seeing you and uh, really want to watch you play. And uh, I thank uh, the players, the coaches, the referees, all of them that are coming. And I hope the fans really enjoy the spectacle uh, of, of these players. And for the fans that are going to tune in on webcasting, I'm sure you're going to see some great games. So here we go. ISBHF World Championship 14. Get ready. Perfect. I mean, couldn't have put it any better than that. My- any better myself George thank you for joining us back on the floating blue I I know that we'll be seeing and hearing lots from you during the championships so I look forward to seeing you there all right Ben thank you 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Floating Blue Podcast, hosted by myself, Ben Royal, and produced by Sambrook Wilkinson. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Floating Blue, then be sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast streaming platform. You can find more content from the ISBHF across all of our social media platforms. On Facebook, you can find us at ISBHF, International Street and Ball Hockey Federation, on Instagram, at ISBHF, on Twitter, at Official ISBHF, and on our website, isbhf.com. So until next time, thank you very much for joining us on the Floating Blue Podcast.